Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Workplace Revolution and I'm your host Sihle Bolani. Transformation is a big word that we've heard and spoken about for many years. Initially, at least within the context of South Africa, transformation meant BEE or Black Economic Empowerment. So we saw white-owned businesses begrudgingly scrambling to find BE partners, usually silent or invisible partners who became part owners of their businesses. We then saw businesses develop staff share schemes for black employees come into play. A few years down the line, we realized to our surprise that BE was not working the way that it should and that it was largely only benefiting a privileged few with millions and some billions here and there. So we went back to the drawing board. Now we've added more letters of the alphabet and are talking about triple BE and what qualifies organizations to be classified according to each level. And because all these transformation attempts are governed by legislation, businesses do what they need to in order to tick the boxes and be compliant. But does that mean that these organizations are truly transformed? Transformation extends far beyond giving a percentage of ownership to black people. It goes far beyond employing more black people. It goes far beyond promoting more black people to senior positions. And here's why. Black people are still walking into hostile environments daily because the drive for equality, equity and transformation is still seen as a move to disadvantage white people. White people who refuse to acknowledge their privilege or use it to advance justice for black people. Black professionals are still being required to train unqualified white people who are then promoted to senior roles ahead of the black people who trained them. We are unable to implement legislation such as equal pay for work of equal value because we are unable to get corporates to be transparent because they have no interest in fairness, equality, reparations, or just doing the right thing. We have executive rooms filled with mostly white people making decisions about black people's needs, values, circumstances, and we have rooms full of men and white women deciding the same for black women. South Africa has solid legislations that fail us because they aren't implemented effectively and diligently. Where black professionals are promoted to executive positions, they are not given any real organizational power that will put the status quo at risk. The problem we have is that we're trying to negotiate with people who view justice as a disadvantage or infringement upon their rights. People who manipulate currencies and get away with it people who charge black people higher interest rates purely on the basis of the color of their skins, people who believe that what they have is because they worked hard for it, completely ignoring the 400-year head start they had at the expense of our ancestors, people who have IT systems set up to conduct assessments that are engineered to have a bias against input triggers such as race and where you live because apartheid spatial planning still haunts black people. We are still suffering from the effects of the most vicious crimes against our humanity, but we'll be told to get over it because it was a long time ago. If you haven't picked it up yet, today we're chatting about transformation in the workplace. And joining me for today's conversation is Bagang Kuno, who is a social entrepreneur. 
social entrepreneur, observer, and commentator. She's also a content developer, writer, and transcriber. Vakang, thank you so much for joining me for today's show. Thank you, Sita. Good afternoon to you, to the listeners, and thank you for hosting me. So, Vakang, just some background for our listeners. Tell us a little bit about your professional journey. Um, Bakang is a um, cancer secretariat. Um, I work in a municipality. Besides from my from the work that I do out of work, um, it's a very challenging profession. You are the center of illegal documentation within the working environment. It's it's challenging yet it's interesting. Mm. And what is it that, um, I mean, the title of being a, a social entrepreneur observer is a very interesting one for me. And for you, what does that mean? South Africa is faced with many inequalities and black people suffer the outcomes of it. We are not recognized as a black society, especially in every organization. Mm. So for me to be a social entrepreneur is to conscientize people, especially the black community, about their talents and their worth and to raise views about challenging about challenges facing uh, society the general society. Mm. Okay. And so in terms of, you know, just social discourse transformation is an issue that seems to be quite close to your heart and what what is what was the driver for that i'm, I'm gonna go back to to, to inequality mm. uh, transformation is it's very close to my heart because it seems like um, the black community especially females and the young black professionals are not given the opportunity to show their talents and to make it in the in the in, in the workplace mm. to explore the opportunities that are there. Mm. So transformation to me is it is it's very important and the, the need for change. The need for change as a as a as a community mm. to work together in in, in, in in achieving our goals. In your view, what are the hindrances that prevent organizations from transforming? Um, it's discrimination mm-hmm. against those who qualify. Mm-hmm. It's, it's bullying. It's feelings of, of behavioral attitude. Mm-hmm. And um, failing to change how we think, failing to change our mindset. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, I absolutely agree with you. Um, I think, it, you know, just to add on to that, in my view, I, I, I strongly believe that our view of transformation is has been far too narrow for us to actually make any real and lasting change, right? 
a lot of organizations talk about you know having diversity and inclusion programs which is fantastic and it's necessary because we need to we need organizations that are inclusive and that are diverse and that represent the world that we live in and the societies within which these organizations operate but meaningful transformation requires a complete overhaul of every part of the business right we talk about business structures we're talking about business practices we're talking about policies we're talking about the methods that you know a business employs to 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 conduct their operations to conduct their recruitment um we're talking about culture we're talking about how the reporting is done we're talking about governance we're talking about what type of language is used in an organization and as you mentioned bias as well plays an important role we're talking about remuneration and ensuring that it is fair right and ensuring that people who are qualified are the ones who have the opportunities you know to be able to to progress and to succeed within the workplace but also to ensure that everybody is kept safe because it is critical for every employee to feel safe within the workplace to know that they are not going to be discriminated against to know that they are not going to miss out on opportunities because they're black or because they're a woman or because they you know they are not heterosexual uh-huh. so what do you think organizations should be thinking about if they want to actually be truly transformational I think we need to go back to our roots and our roots I mean humanity. We need to unpack the whole meaning of what humanity is. Mm-hmm. And we need to incorporate it within the context of the, of, of of the organization. Mm-hmm. We need to develop attitude that will aid the productivity of 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 of, of the organization. Mm-hmm. Um there's a, there's there's a principle that I go by. Mm-hmm. And that principle is called, I call it the the Bay Principle, where the belief and the attitude and the expectation of every employee is critical to any organization. Mm-hmm. The belief is that each and every stakeholder of the organization need to believe that they can win at what they do. Mm-hmm. They need to change their mindset and believe in the positivity of what could become of the organization. Mm-hmm. The attitude, the attitude, is, attitude. Sorry, attitude determines your destiny. Mm-hmm. And attitude is a psychological pattern. So whatever you do, how you re- how you react, it shows how you think psychologically. Mm-hmm. You need to collect. You need to find yourself. You need to search yourself and regroup. Find yourself and, and act positively to attract productivity. And lastly, the expectation. You need to limit your expectation. You need to. You need to work so that you expect results for yourself. Mm-hmm. And secondly, to win at what you do. Don't mm-hmm. expect to be pat on the back every time you. You complete the task. It is your responsibility to complete the task for the benefit of the organization. Mm. Do you think that? I mean, I think about um, oh, a lot of of my work is obviously focused on organizational culture. 
And, you know, that includes a lot of looking at what is currently happening in organizations and whether it is continuing to happen because it's the right thing or because that's just the way that things have always been done. And then I look at how that intersects with issues such as mental health and well-being um, and uh, people feeling valued within an organization. And, you know, when you were talking about your Bay mindset, it brought these thoughts to mind. You know, you, you spoke about managing your own expectations and not expecting to be patted on the back um, yeah. within the workplace. Which then brings me to a question around, uh, is it possible for organizations to be transformed, productive, and rewarding for employees where people are actually acknowledged where we actually are putting people before profit where it's okay for people to expect to be congratulated or to be commended for a job well done if that's going to support their well-being their holistic well-being i think it's essential because it shows how your efforts are being appreciated. Mm. But we need a different approach on how we come up with those um, tools on how to congratulate those who do good in an, in, in an organization. Mm. So we have an approach that is inclusive from the top management to those who work on the ground. Mm. We need to be, yeah, there, there, there needs to be inclusivity in 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 congratulations those who did good because at the end of the day it boosts the morale of the employee to do more mm. it's a very essential quality that needs to be practiced by every by every organization mm. yeah i think it also then brings in the fact that you know it's a critical time for for us to 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 now get to a point where we begin to reintroduce ethics into organizations because ethics has become something that has long been tossed out of businesses because they know how to tangle their way around legislation with the least amount of friction possible. And so we find ourselves now in a situation where the inequality gap keeps widening because organizations and corporates are able to keep finding loopholes that serve you know, their, their objectives for driving up profits at the expense of people. Uh-huh. And so I think that from, a, from, from the context of transformation, it definitely is, I think there's a number of parallel processes that need to happen. Uh-huh. So yes, there is a role that the people who are currently marginalized, black people, people of color, um, black women, um, members of the LGBTQIA plus community, um, the disabled. So there's obviously work that needs to happen there in terms of working on self, in terms of ensuring that we are, you know, positioning ourselves for opportunities, ensuring that our skill sets are aligned to, you know, the career trajectory that we're aiming for, um, et cetera, et cetera. And then there is an element of um, organizations 
leaders within organizations actually choosing justice as a value within those organizations where they lead with justice and not just funny words that they all, oh, we are inclusive or, oh, we value respect for each other. You know, where companies actually start developing more meaningful values and metrics that can be monitored to ensure that there is equality, that there is fairness, that there is transparency within the organization. But I also think that there's a role for governments to play a bigger part in terms of helping to define solutions that ensure that we don't have this situation where there's still so much inequality in the workplace. What are your thoughts? Um, my thoughts when it comes to to government, we have a government that is not for the people mm. at the moment. Mm. Corruption is the root of all the complication and the inequalities within the organization. Mm. The government is not exactly playing its role because we we get jobs by nepotism, but by who knows who. Mm. So it is difficult for government to play a role in ensuring that a complete transformation takes place. Mm. So it is up to the organization to take part in ensuring that it comes together with its, with its employees and work together in, in, in finding ways on how to better the lives of, of the primary stakeholders within the organization. Mm. Um, yes, policies are there on, 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 on how organizations must work together with, with, with its employees in reaching transformation, mm. but there's still a lot of work to be, to be done. Mm. I, I, I talk about the I, I spoke about the change of, of, of mindset. Mm. We need to positively change our mindset so to reach the goals of transforming the organization holistically. Mm. Mm. As as I believe as our 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 I'm sorry, I'm gonna say this, our black leaders are, are failing us to, to reach that mark. Mm. We are still far because of um who is connected to who? It, mm. it's a res- yeah, it is the reality of life. It is what we are faced with. Until we come to a point where we break that and come together as a collective mm. and work together in transforming each and every one of us in transforming the spaces that we're in, mm. I think we're gonna win together, together in this. But as for the government, I don't have mm. confidence to say they can aid in ensuring that transformation takes place. We, mm. still, we still have a long way to go in, in achieving that, that, that mark. Yeah. Look, I must agree with you because even just, you know, looking at BE and triple BE and how it's been implemented and how government is, you know, seriously struggling to even get the reporting in from organizations um, shows that we're a long way from them being able to find a or develop a definitive solution that's going to ensure that equality is legally um, implemented and regulated within and monitored within organizations. But you raise a very important point for me around 
black professionals coming together and working together um, in the fight for equality and transformation in the workplace. And that's essentially, I mean, why my, my, my book is called We Are The Ones We Need. We Are The because, Ones Because that really is where the solution lies. And so my question is, okay, before the question, we the reality is that white people and white industries and corporates are not going to wake up one day and decide to self-regulate or self-correct, right? They're not just going to wake up one morning and be like, oh, we've actually been quite unfair to the, the black people. So from tomorrow, we'll start doing the right things. And so we have to become agitators. We have to become the people who make sure, you know, are very strategic about the actions that we take to ensure that we are forcing the change to happen. And, you know, if you look at a, a country with, like South Africa with our demographics where it is, you know, over 80% black people and these organizations obviously operate within these communities and their customers are largely black people. What would happen to organizations if black people decided enough is enough and withheld their financial support of these organizations? Um, If black professionals downed tools um, and if law enforcement gave black people the space to actually be able to, you know, strike, revolt, whatever the case may be in order uh-huh. to drive this change. How would you see that playing out? Organizations are going to to collapse. I mean, black human capital is what what what, what drives the economy right now. We are we are the essentials of every organization. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to get to a point where we appreciate the effort and yeah, the effort of black professionals and those who are those who are emerging. Mm. We need make opportunities available for every black child so that they can contribute to the economy of South Africa. We need to reach a point where we come together as a collective, mm. black or white, mm. and those who are privileged must acknowledge the privilege that they've been getting on and off. We need to get to that point where we have um, uncomfortable discussions mm. so that we can so that you can reach that that goal that you want to achieve as a nation. Mm. But as long as we still have um, favoritism and, and marginalized groups that are not getting anything and those that are privileged, we we are far as as as, as a society in in reaching that the transformation. Mm. Absolutely, I think. It's critical for everybody to acknowledge, understand, and accept the fact that it has to be uncomfortable. It has to, the conversations must be uncomfortable. You know, the, the transformation itself is disruptive. We have to acknowledge and accept that and still allow and allow the process to happen and to support it in all its different forms in order for us to be able to get to our goal. And you raise an important point about white people having to be part of the journey because absolutely, firstly, they are the gatekeepers, Uh right? They are the ones who are upholding these systems 
um, that are oppressive. And I think one of the challenges that, are, are, you know, this is an issue that a lot of black people and black professionals in general complain about and people who are in the social justice space, um, you know, talking about issues of just whether it's race relations or, you know, people complain a lot about um, having to educate white people all the time, having to take on the responsibility of doing the labor on their behalf to explain to them why what they did is racist or why it is discriminatory or why transformation is required. You know, she's adding on that. I once had a, a conversation with, with a few friends of mine, uh, some are white, and we're talking about black unity. Mm. And one said to me, uh, every time a black person uh, speaks about black unity, for him it's racist. And I say, how so? And then he said to me, we need to come to a point where we, other than this, we need to, black people need to come to a point where they forget about everything. And I said to them, saying that is an insult to a history, to the history of, of South Africa. It's an insult to as, as a black South African who is in the rural, who is in a disadvantaged community, struggling to end make and make. Mm. But because you are privileged, you don't see that. Mm. The time you, you bring an issue of black unity to the other community, for them, it, to them, it, it, it becomes offensive. Mm. And he's, he continued to say, I believe for as long as I'm a white person, I will never stop apologizing. And I said to him, apologizing, I see. But you need to acknowledge where we have been as a country. Mm. You need to acknowledge what apartheid did to you, the opportunities and the privilege that you have because mm. of your skin. Mm. And you also need to acknowledge the fact that I am still struggling as a young black woman in South Africa trying to make to, to make uh, ends meet. And I am qualified to do the, the job that I do. You go to another organization, you hear of black women like me saying they were mentoring a white who is now um, a manager. Mm. Some were bullied by white people and had to resign from their jobs because the situation at work was not inclusive. Mm. So a transformation, it's, it's socially and in our workplaces, we still have a long way to go. Mm, absolutely. And in fact, you know, as you're telling that, that's, well, relating that story, there's a quote uh, that I'm going to read um, from Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And he says, I have, I have almost reached the regrettable conclusion that the Negro's greatest stumbling block in his stride toward freedom is not the white citizen's counselor or the Ku Klux Klaner, but the white moderate who is more devoted to order than to justice who prefers a negative peace, which is the absence of tension, to a positive peace, which is the presence of justice, who constantly says, I agree with you in the goal you seek, but I cannot agree with your methods of direct action, who paternalistically believes he can set the timetable for another man's freedom, who lives by a mythical concept of time and who constantly advises the Negro to wait for a more convenient season. Shallow understanding from people of goodwill is more frustrating than absolute misunderstanding from people of ill will. 
lukewarm acceptance is much more bewildering than outright rejection. For me, that quote has always encapsulated how I feel about having conversations about race with white people who will always tell you how they're not racist, they have black friends. But when you talk about race issues, <laughs> they white people you. <laughs> True, yes. I think that there's definitely, I think now black people are becoming less and less tolerant of white people being unwilling to be uh -huh. honest um, and to to do the work and to be the ones who actually go out of their way to understand how they can do better and how they can use their privilege, you know, to, to contribute towards the fight for equality. So, uh, w I mean, being as passionate as you are about this topic, um, w w what what lies ahead for you? How are you going to continue to to work towards, you know, driving workplace transformation and you know the prioritization of humanity in the workplace? I'm still going to work to fight for the rights of those who cannot speak for themselves. Mm. And the approach in, in, in doing that is to raise critical issues within the space that we're in. Mm. Taking advantage of staff meetings mm. where things that, things that people think they don't matter, they matter to others. Mm. I'm still going to echo to wellness programs for colleagues who cannot speak for themselves, mm. for colleagues who need to to understand what is it they need from the organization and what the organization can order, can offer to them. Mm. I'm still going to be vocal about the inequality experienced by people with disabilities who are sometimes forgotten in the organization. Mm. You have to remind someone that, hey, there's someone who, who, who is who, who is deaf who cannot hear. We need to we need to um, make means for him so that he he or she understand what is that we are all about. Mm. I'm still going to represent the interest. In every space that I occupy, I will echo the rights of our employees. Absolutely. And I think that's the key. If we could all, as black people, just decide to do even just one thing, if every single one of us just made a decision to do one thing to help another black person or to drive the black agenda in the spaces that we're in, that would have such a massive impact on helping us change the current environment that we're faced with. And the good thing about standing for people who cannot speak for themselves, mm. when you have when you have an upper hand, you are able to raise issues where people in the crowd cannot. Mm. So the upper that upper hand that you have is either is going to lead and build mm. or is going to destroy. Mm. So your humanity, must lead you in 
in doing positive and in contributing positive into other people's lives. Hence, I'm saying humanity in the workplace is very, 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 very critical mm. for the upliftment of one another. Mm. We need to be there for each other. We need to. We need to. We need to come together and 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 win together. Mm. We need to win together as a society within the organization. Um. Adding on that, the, um, the principles of of particularly within within the organ in the context of of the organisation, the ones that I think and I believe um, speak to transformation mm. is sweetness, openness, and courtesy. We need to, in in, in terms of redress, we need to um, tackle issues that fix the challenges each employee faces. Mm. We need yeah, we need to arrive at that place where we talk about challenges each each individual faces in the organization. Mm. Courtesy. The standard of, of, of practice is very important. We need to check off the well being the well being of others, um, to be sensitive with our with with, with, with our language and how we treat each other within the organization. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Bakang, thank you so much for having this conversation with me. I know it's one of those conversations that you just never have enough time for because there's so many issues, there's so many layers, there's so many things to consider. Um, but also it's a it's a topic that so many of us are passionate about and can be quite emotional about because we understand the the history that brought us to this point and that still keeps us in this position. So thank you so much for sharing your insights um, and thank you so much for the work that you're doing in the spaces that you occupy to ensure that you are contributing towards a different reality for black professionals in the workplace. Thank you so much, I really appreciate and thank you for, thank you again for the opportunity. Thank you. And thank you so much for tuning in for another episode of the Workplace Revolution with Sikhle Polani. I'll see you again next time.